Yes, everybody, welcome back to episode six, season three of the hashtag Are You Okay, Mate podcast. Let me start by apologising for my absence for the last six weeks. Um, as I always said, I will only do a podcast when I've got a guest that can deliver a message. With that said, my last guest who I was supposed to have on, Dale Pinnock, the medicinal chef, um, I had to cancel because I was ill. So that one will be coming up. But let's just go for today. So before going any further, big shout out to Shifties for putting us up in this amazing studio. We're not recording this one on YouTube, guys. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts are the only place you can get it. Now, today, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by someone that I've not known of for very long. But as soon as I read her story, I was like, oh my God, I need to talk to this girl. The incredibly beautiful, the amazingly inspirational Sadie Kemp. Sadie, welcome. Thank you for having me. You are very, very, very welcome. So before I talk about how I came across you, just introduce yourself. Who is Sadie Kemp? I am Sadie Kemp, but people may know me from the Shark Hand Girl on TikTok, and I think that's how James might have come across me, but he's going to tell me all about that soon. But I am the lady who um, went into septic shock on Christmas Day and woke up in a new year still full of humour and um, being really positive, but... I think James wants to ask me more about that in his own way. So, yeah, that's me. I survived septic shock and I had a video go viral from me being humorous about it. Okay. Right, so I've got one burning question. Yeah. Thinking about it for probably, well, since I, started, since I first got in contact with you, mm -hmm. I have to ask you. Yeah. Top four, who's getting it? do you mean top four champions league who's getting oh, it oh come on west ham <laughs> as long as tottenham <laughs> ain't in it it's fine as long as it ain't spurs now I, yeah, yeah i'm a spurs fan so oh are you yeah so that's so james said to me today i had one rule and that's not to wear my west ham top and now i know why yeah because i'm a spurs <laughs> fan i'm a spurs fan i think we'll get it I think, but then again it's spurs we'll top four you will yeah definitely yeah i don't know you will so, i think you will so let's talk about your viral video now that's yeah. not how i come across you by the way Oh, is it not? No. Okay. Someone, someone who I follow on Instagram yeah. shared a post, uh, shared a news article mm -hmm. about you. Okay. And quite often I'll skip through people's stories. Yeah. And yeah. it just jumped out at me. Really? For a number of reasons. Okay. Number one, I've never really understood what sepsis is. Ashamedly, I say that because I think it's... I see it on the side of ambulances, like sepsis, yeah. and we see the TV, and I never really understood mm -hmm. what that was. And we're gonna get we're gonna get into that's why I reached you out. But let's talk about that TikTok video. I know. So I checked that out last night. Yeah. Seven point four million likes. I know. I'm in the company of an absolute superstar. Mm. That's viral, man. Thank you very much. <laughs> so how many views? Um. I I can't even remember how many views. I think it is um, near enough 
No way. Yeah, so we're yeah. nearly at a billion nearly views. A billion views, yeah. So there won't be many people that haven't seen you. No. Or right. seen my hand. Or seen your hand. So <laughs> yeah. this is why I'm glad I've got you because it's not going to be long before you're on other podcasts, other radio stations, but just remember where you started. Ja- Jamie Archer's hashtag are you okay mate yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Just remember. I will always I've, remember. I've got a little saying. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always reach down on your way up. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, fair play to you. And that video in itself encapsulates inspiration. That video in itself encapsulates everything I stand for. Thank you. So my my own story, because there'll be people who are watching this on your TikTok and listening to this. Like, mm-hmm. So people who subscribe to my podcast know my story. Yeah. People who don't know me don't know my story. No. My story is I've battled with depression and anxiety all my adult life. And in 2017, I attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. 2018, I had a breakdown and ended up getting signed off from work. And in 2018, I decided that I weren't going to let my mental health get the better of me anymore. And in fact, I was going to use something negative, turn it into a positive and start speaking about my mental health. And I've been on an amazing journey and this podcast was a product of it. Mm -hmm. And by doing this podcast, I've been put in contact with some truly inspirational, truly amazing people that I hold really close to my heart that will forever inspire me, no matter how bad I get with my own mental health, I can look back on conversations like this and go, do you know what? Everyone goes through shit, Mm -hmm. but it's how you deal with that. And like I say, your video with the shark hand absolutely encapsulates everything. So can I get an Are You Okay Mate exclusive performance of the shark hand? You can, but I have got bandages on. So it's like a shark in a bandana. It is at the moment because it's had shark has had liposuction. Believe it or not, <laughs> <laughs> it's had liposuction on its head. Yeah. So, are you okay, mate? <laughs> yes, that's it. We can end the podcast. Are you okay, mate? We no, can end the podcast. No, we won't end the podcast. No, thank but you. But like what you said about um, turning negatives into a positive, that is exactly what everybody needs to do. Hundred percent. Like everyone goes through really, really tough times. Really, really bad times and yeah. anything negative even if it's slightly you can slightly turn it into a positive of course and then that positivity will like will grow and i truly believe that laughter is the best medicine and i find with um um a lot of people who do suffer with depression when they are in that moment of like in a real dark place, they don't want to be near other people. Mm-hmm. They sort of like want to be in their own curtain shut. But it's really hard for me to stand here and say, but all you need to do is call a mate and get a mate round. Um, it's hard for me to say that, but as soon as that mate does come round and like makes you laugh, it will make that day like a little bit easier. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I can't say to you that every day in hospital, I was in a hospital for 103 days away wow. from my children, okay? Waking up in a new year and my, my whole life had been turned upside down. But I can't sit here and say that I didn't have dark days because I did. Yeah, of course. But what I did to help myself through that is I gave my mates a call. Like I've got two really, really good friends who, who were there. Like As soon as I said... I'm having a really bad day. They was either on FaceTime or they were at the hospital. 
And as soon as they walked away, I started to feel a little bit better. Yeah. And be like, well, you know what, they're right. I can't sit here and lie and say that those 103 days were all like sweetness in light, me laughing constantly, like making jokes because they weren't. But a lot of those days were me just laughing and just taking the pee out myself, really. Yeah, and I think... I don't. I, I think that people who don't struggle with their mental health, they'd even lie. They'd be lying if they said they went 103 straight days without feeling bad. No. And you've inca- again. I'm going to use that word. It's like I've just discovered a new word. Encapsulated. It's like when I first learned the word bro, and I haven't shut up since. Um, <laughs> I read that actually on your thing. Yeah. I've been scrolling through your Instagram. Yeah. I saw um, that. No, but it's are you okay, mate? And it, it, it's yeah. a question. And it's something that we should all be doing. We should just be checking in with our friends because, you know, it wasn't an accident that I came up with that phrase Mm -hmm. for for my brand and for what I stand for. People were saying it's People were saying, are you okay, mate? And it's a question we ask all the time. Like, I work in the construction industry as part of my Mm -hmm. full-time job, and I probably say, are you okay, mate, 100 times a day. Yeah. How many times do I follow up with it? Now I do. I genuinely mean, are you okay? And if you're not, let's talk. But before what happened to me happened to me, I said, are you okay, mate? And it was just words where the uh, in its simplicity, it's profound. But a lot of people with depression as well, um, you ask the question, are you okay, mate? And they're like, yeah, because they don't want to talk about ask it. Ask twice. Ask twice. Ask yeah. twice. That's, yeah, that's a good... That's Always. Yeah. So, no, are you okay, mate? Yeah, I'm good. No, are you really okay? Like, yeah. always ask twice. Yeah. So, look, let's talk about you, because this okay. is why we're here. All right. This is why we're here. Um, so, let's go to sepsis. Yeah. In fact, no, I'm going to ask you another question. Okay. How old are your kids? I've got a 16-year-old. Right. And a two-year-old. I know. Boys, girls? Boys. Nice. I've yeah. got two boys as well. Yeah, I love it. So, I've got a 12-year-old and a nine-year-old. I've never mm-hmm. felt as old as I did this Easter weekend. Yeah. When I was around my mum's. Yeah. And I was there with my two kids. My sister was there with her little girl. Yeah. Who's nine going on 19. Just shut up. <laughs> and then my 25-year-old nephew turned up. Oh. And started talking about his three-year-old son. And I was like, I feel so old yeah, right now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, big up your children. And they're very lucky to have such an inspirational mummy. My eldest thinks I'm an absolute legend. Of course he does. How he many followers you got? Do you know what? He didn't even want me on Instagram before I got Paulie. Now he's like, now is he like shout? Is he telling you like, to shout you know him out? He can't be on my Instagram, and he's now like posting. Look at my mum on Instagram, and I'm like, well, can I be your friend on there now? Then and he's Are you like, shouting yeah. him out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, shout him out. Get him some followers, yeah. man. Grow his following. Um, right. So, like I say, sepsis. I don't know what it is. I didn't know I, what it was. Fucking know now. So <laughs> yeah. I do now. Yeah, yeah. but. Like you said at the at start, like you was quite naive to what sepsis Very is. Very naive, still am. A lot of people are, including me, and I worked for the NHS, and I didn't realise how bad sepsis could be. Right. And this is one of the reasons why I'm wanting to spread awareness of sepsis, because I feel like if I had maybe taken a step back and concentrated on myself like I said this happened around Christmas time I was working so much I was working loads of overtime single mum getting presents for my kids just working flat out um Christmas sort of took over um and I just feel like if I'd taken a step back maybe I'd recognize some of the symptoms 
and I could have got to hospital a lot earlier and it could have potentially saved me being away from my children for 103 days. It could have saved the limbs that I've lost and I'm going to lose. Um, it could have saved my um, family from heartache, from being in a coma. They was going to turn my life support machine off. And then miraculously, my body started to um, respond to medication. So that is the main main reason why I want to speak about my stories, to get, to get um, the awareness of sepsis. So sepsis is a complication with an infection you already have. Okay. okay, so it could be any infection. It could be an ear infection, which children get a lot. It could be tonsillitis. It could be, um, well, anything. It could be a urine infection. Any infection you could think of, sepsis can be developed from that. So um, it's a poisoning what happens in your blood. So then your heart pumps that poison around all your major organs of your body. Right, okay. okay? So... With what happened to me was I had a kidney stone and I had this kidney stone for around coming up 17 years, okay? And the reason why I found out I had a kidney stone... A kidney rock. I know, <laughs> but it weren't. It was just a tiny little stone, yeah. okay? So I found out I had this kidney stone 17 years ago when I actually had... Um, I went for a scan when I was pregnant with my first son. Yeah. And I kept saying, oh, I keep getting pain in my bladder, pain in my kidneys. I was only 18 when I had my youngest son, so I just thought I'd, like, complain about everything. And they just said, you've got a kidney stone, but it's fine. It will just, it will crumble itself and you'll pass it in your urine. It's absolutely fine. So for 16 years, I've not, I thought this kidney stone had been gone. Like, it's caused me no grief whatsoever. So you just lived with it? it yeah, but I didn't know it was there. Yeah, I, so you I, thought it'd gone. Right? I thought not when yet. I was 18, like, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Um, however, Christmas morning, I woke up, I was absolutely fine, um, woke up Christmas morning, excited two-year-old, moody teenager, because I got him out of bed at like six in the morning, because his little brother couldn't wait to undo the presents, um, was actually staying with my mum and all that on Christmas Eve, so it was like a big family thing in the morning, I was absolutely fine, yeah. absolutely fine, um, had Christmas dinner, absolutely fine, um, and I hadn't even had any alcohol. I think I'd had like a glass of Bucks Fizz because I was meant to be driving to go and see my boyfriend that evening. So I thought I'm not going to drink. Yeah. So I was aware of everything what was happening. So after dinner, I thought, right, I'm going to start um, putting up my my two year old's toys that I'd made him for him, like um, kitchen sets and and yeah. stuff like that. And I thought first Christmas being a single mum, like. I'm going to do You're it. Going to roll your sleeves up and yeah, get involved. Yeah, literally. I'm like, go I'm being a screwdriver. Yeah. So I was like bending over, like doing all the like nuts and bolts up, and I started to get a bit of backache, and I just thought, it's from putting all these bloody toys up. Let's just sit down a bit. Sat down. And I thought, oh my god, like I feel sick. Like the pain's getting worse. Took some paracetamol. Said to my mum, I'm going to jump in the bath to see if that eases the pain. And she was like, yeah, yeah, all right, cool. And then I woke up in a new year to be told that, actually, I woke up. She passed out at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I actually got driven to the hospital. Yeah. Okay. 
And I haven't actually released this to any media or any press yet, so I'm going to say it now because I'm Big up exclusive. allowed to say it now. It is. And I was sent home with painkillers and they did no sepsis checks. Okay. Okay, so I've had that to deal with mentally as well. Yeah. That I could have been saved, you know what I mean? Even though I'm, I'm alive, but I could my life then could have been saved. So um, I went. I got driven to the hospital. They said, has she been drinking? Because it was obviously like Christmas Day and they assumed that I'd been drinking. And I hadn't, I hadn't been drinking at all. Um, I got sent home with a bottle of Auramorph, liquid morphine, okay, and was told right. to go back the next day for a scan, Boxing Day. Well, I didn't make Boxing Day. So, so before we go any further... Yeah. Like, that's terrible. Mm. Awful you got sent home. Yeah. Embarrassing. Yeah. But no, no sepsis checks were done on me. But also, do you think that's... And I'm not going to get into a political rant, yeah. because the more you get to know me, you mo the more you realise, is once I get on my soapbox, <laughs> you, you will not get me off it. Okay, go on. But I, I, I think that's a very sad indictment of how undermanned and understaffed the NHS are. It's understaffed. And underfunded. It's understaffed. Yeah, yeah. definitely underfunded understaffed and undermanned and i think that's why that happened sorry i had to get that off my chest okay so carry on so you could have been sent home so they sent me home and i i remember saying to my mum i'm dying and she was like oh don't be so silly i said no mum i'm dying i'm dying mum please help me i'm dying and with that this sounds really bad i grabbed my car keys I put myself in a dressing gown. It was about four o'clock in the morning. I grabbed my dressing gown, my car keys, wrapped my dressing gown around me, drove back to the hospital, and all I remember is looking back, seeing my car door open, and I couldn't go back to shut my car door. I literally just abandoned my car outside the hospital, and I'd collapsed. Apparently, I don't remember this, but I'd collapsed outside the hospital, and that's oh when I woke up in the new year. Goodness, Sadie. Yeah. I wake up in a new year. That's yeah. so scary. And mm. like just listening to that part of your story, what frightens me about that is that can happen to anyone. Yeah, this is uh, like, what? for me, this happens to other people. So, 100%. I think oh. that, do you know what? I think that's with anything in life. You know, when something bad happens to you. Yeah. Like we, we live in a society now and I think it's been made easier because of phones and technology and where we can sit back and just watch something on a screen. Yeah. Like, for example, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Like, at the minute, that happens in Ukraine. But before that, it happened in Afghanistan. Yeah. It happened in Asia. You know, it happened so far away that when it happened in Europe, mm -hmm. we were like, oh, wow. Yeah. And I think it's the same with, with sepsis. And like, like I say, I, I, I'm so naive to what it was. And just listening to that story frightens the life out of me because that could happen. Like how many chest infections do I have in my lifetime? I know. And like with my little boy now, I just feel like I think he's had like two chest infections since I've even been a, in hospital. And I'm so on it. And I thought I was so on it anyway by like doctor's appointments and things. And we all know like how hard it is to get even a GP appointment now. And I've been saying to people that even if they can't get a GP appointment, just ask for an over-the-phone appointment and just say, look, I feel like I've got a chest infection or an ear infection, a throat infection. 
you're an infection, can I please have some antibiotics? And at the end of that course of antibiotics, don't sit back and be like, well, I've been on a course of antibiotics, so I'll be okay. Get back to the is that the an- Is that the answer, that and you just be vigilant? Be vigilant and don't be palmed off. Like I felt like I was palmed off on Christmas Day because it was Christmas Day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I understand. And obviously I I woke up from the coma to be told devastating news that I was going to lose my arms and my legs and devastating news that my family were 54 minutes away from turning off my life support machine and my children were going to be without a mum, like spending their new year like I've got no mum. My mum died on Christmas Day or Boxing Day. Do you know what I mean? But um, not only that, I was then told that this could have been prevented by a doctor giving me antibiotics as soon as I'd gone into the hospital the first time. So mentally, I've had a lot to deal with. So much. With dealing with that, like... um, I was also like in a relationship, and my relationships ended because of sepsis as well. So, like when you want to talk to me about like mental health and like how I deal with it, like I'm probably the best person to speak to because this is di- it's life changing. This is like, it. So but I am still alive. Hundred percent, you know? exactly. So you've you've touched on two points that I want to talk to you about. Okay. So let's go to the life changing. Yeah. Because it has changed your life Massively. and. I'm a f- and that's plain for everyone to see. Yeah. So, like, talk to me. What does that do mentally? Because before you got unwell, mm-hmm. like, what was your lifestyle like in a sense? With you, like being a like, I'm a single dad. Yeah. Like a single dad to two active boys, and I'm out and about yeah. and just doing my thing. Yeah. Like to have that taken away from me. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't think about that. Like uh-huh. obviously, I've got my own story about what happened with my depression, yeah. and my suicide attempt, and everything. Mm-hmm. And and you know, we can talk about like th- how that made makes you feel when you f- like. So when you said about oh, them waking up and having no mummy, like that struck a chord with me because every time I think about my suicide attempt, all I can think of the only two people I think of are my two boys. Okay. So <laughs> when you woke up. And you realised that you'd had amputations and your life had changed massively. How did you accept that? Like, was it an instant acceptance or is it no. something that you ca- struggled to come to terms no, with? No, it wasn't an instant acceptance. At so all. how did that look then? So I think the first thing I said to my mum when I was able to speak, when they took all the tubes out from my throat, was I said, you should have pulled the effing plug. Do you really think I want to live like this? Yeah. And she was like, all right then, Sadie, would you rather your sons come come to your funeral then? Or would you rather them see you at your bedside now? Like, you're out of the woods, like you're going to be okay. And I was just, that hit with me as well. Like you talk about like your suicide attempts, like my eldest son's dad um, committed suicide. Right, sorry so to hear that. So I instantly thought about him because... He would literally, even though he's, he's nearly 17, he would literally be, in my eyes, an orphan. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, I, it wasn't instant acceptance. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I said to my mum, you should have pulled the plug. 
Like, do you really think I'm going to live like this? My kids are going to be embarrassed to be seen with me. My friends are going to be embarrassed to be seen with me. What on earth was you thinking? Like, yeah. why did you want to save me? And she was like, you're my daughter. Your hands and your legs don't ma- matter to me. It's like, you that it's matters, you. right? Yeah. They told us you wasn't going to be brain damaged. They told us you'd be able to talk again. They to- told us that you'd be able to live a good life with prosthetics. It would just be a very different life of and course. a very um, a life that you're going to have to adapt to. And I was just like, okay. And the more that I, I spoke to my mum, the more I started to accept what had happened. However, my one of my best friends, well, actually two, my two best friends wanted to come and see me and I refused to see them. And my mum said to me, look, why don't you want to see them? Like, they they need to see you. Yeah. And I was like, because I'm really embarrassed about how I look. Yeah. And she, and like, if I look back now and I think, well, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's, cr- that's crazy. And you ask about my life before sepsis. Um, I was constantly working, constantly. I was with my two kids all the time, or I was down the pub watching the football or I was in London watching football I was at festivals I go to two festivals um twice a year religiously um download and bloodstock festival which I'm not going to be able to do this year um I used to go on caravan holidays with my kids I loved it um I've been on abroad holidays just a very sociable person yeah and um I love my live music. I was always at gigs. But now, there's nothing really stopping me from doing that. But it's got to be adapted. And um, for me, sometimes it's really frustrating that I want to get up and go. And yeah, I want to have my imagine. Dr. Martins on. And I can't. Do you I know what I mean? Imagine. And I feel like a bit of a burden on people sometimes by saying, oh, do you mind getting a train with me to this gig and yeah. pushing me around in my wheelchair? Like, you're going to have to do the train ticket in. And I, I feel like a bit of a burden sometimes. Well, if you ever want to go to the football, I'll come with you because we'll okay, get... Okay, but you've got to go West Ham, though. Yeah, we'll go West Ham Spurs and we'll get dope seats. Yeah, well, we would. We'll get six seats. <laughs> like, if you, Yeah, if me. you want to go to the football, holler at me. And like, but I've already been on. I've been on on West Ham. I said, look, because they sent me a letter. I did that. Oh West wow, Ham that's lovely. I was just in hospital. Yeah. So I've rang them up. I've been on their case. I'm like, look, season tickets. And do you know what? You get a half price. You right. get one for your carer who goes with you. It's yeah, real good seats. I need so. to. Off the back of this, I need to hook you up with my friend, Ross. Okay. Like, look him up on Instagram. He's called yeah. The Smart Chap, Ross Hovey. Um, he's in a wheelchair and he does so much for the disabled community. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I need you two, definitely. He's a big football fan as well. He's a big he's red, seen. big Liverpool fan. He'll be buzzing after that last night. Um, but yeah, yeah definitely yeah. need to hook you and him up. Like, I'll say the, so I sit here and I listen and I always love talking to parents mm-hmm. because you've instantly got a connection yeah and there's instantly something you can relate to mm-hmm. so i'm sitting here and i'm listening to that as a dad and everything you described like oh my children are going to be embarrassed to be with me yeah, like yeah. it hurts my heart to hear yeah because like your kids and you know this and and you know I, I, i'm 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 just talking like yeah. you know this mm-hmm. But your kids don't care what you look like. No, but that's what I thought. Initially. Yeah, this is this is leaning into the mental health side yeah. of things. So, 
I always say with depression, there's two types. Yeah. So there's clinical depression, mm-hmm. which is what I've got. Yeah. Can't do anything about it. My brain don't make serotonin. Brilliant. Cheers, brain. Just means once every so often we get really sad and we don't want to live on the on earth anymore. Yeah. And then there's circumstantial. And what I mean by that is you could be the most well person in the world, but then something will happen in your life. Trauma hits. Trauma. So it's trauma led. Mm -hmm. And to hear what happened to you screams massive trauma. So talk to me about, so we've said that there wasn't this instant acceptance of the amputations. No. How did the first... Because there would have been times when you were on your own in the hospital, when yeah. mum wasn't there and the kids weren't there yeah, and yeah. friends weren't there. Now, I know what it's like to be like inside your own head and there's people watching on your TikTok live now. Yeah, there is. That all know what it's like to be yeah. inside your own head. Yeah. And it can be a really scary place at mm-hmm. times, especially when you've got dark thoughts. Yeah. So what did the subsequent weeks when you were on your own look like? So, my good days looked like me listening to music, um, looking on Instagram, TikTok at people who had lost limbs, who were... um, Did you find yourself going straight to that community on Instagram? Did you find yourself going straight to the amputee community? Because... Is it a sense of... Paralympians. Yeah, is it a sense of, I'm not the only person that this has happened to? Yeah. Yeah, And if they can do it, then I can. Yeah, definitely. But my dark days were very different. Okay. So um, I've actually got a a lady watching this now who actually looked after me. Yeah. And she will vouch for me when I say this. Um, Her name's Steph, and she was absolutely fantastic. I wanted my blinds down. I didn't want no sunlight in. Right, okay, I understand. I didn't want to get dressed, I didn't want to get washed, I didn't eat, all I did was take the medication, that's the only thing that I did, and I only did that because of the pain that I was feeling physically from the sepsis and the amputations, Um, I pressed end call when my friends were calling me, red buttoned them, ghosted them, yeah, Um, cried constantly, um, and just wanted to sleep. That's that they they were my dark days. I just slept and yeah. cried, and I made myself so tired by crying to make me sleep better. And then I got a banging headache. Yeah. And then I'd wake up the next day, and I'd feel absolutely fine again. And it would be like at first I was a bit in denial with myself. So a psychologist always comes to see you when you've been in intensive care for PTSD or anything. They come and assess you. And she came in, and I remember her saying, hi, I'm a psychologist, uh, blah, 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 my name's so-and-so. And I was like, oh, it's okay, I don't need to speak to you. Just brushed her off there and then. Oh, yeah, so, oh, it's okay, I don't need to speak to you. Okay. And then she was like, okay, I'll come back next week. And I'm like, all right, then see you next week. And then she came back the next week, and that particular day that she came back was a dark day. And she said, oh, I've just come to assess you. And I was just like, I don't want to speak to you, like with an attitude, like a real horrible attitude. And she was like, okay, Sadie, I'm going to come back next week. So okay then. And then she came back again. And I said, okay, I'm ready to speak to you now. Okay. 
And then I spoke to her. So she asked me a series of questions and I answered them as truthfully as I possibly could. Yeah. And she said to me, what you need is talking therapy. Okay. You need CBT. I think it's called. Yeah. CBT. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm up for that. And she was like, it's going to start immediately. And I was like, okay, then that's fine. And I've started it. And how are you finding it? Um, it was my first session 10 days ago. And it's all about um, learning a different way to behave and training your brain. Of course. So I'll get the hang of it. I've just got to, like, when I feel a bit down or a bit pissed off, I've got to remember, like, what I've been told. Yeah. or what they're trying to teach me on how to look at things. Absolutely. But I'm not going to brush it off like I did initially. I was like, I don't want to speak to you. Like I'm going to literally continue with it. See, but that's all right that it's you fine. said that. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely fine. fine. It's like, there's no rule book for this. No. There's no playbook. No. And, yeah, to hear like that, to hear that you're engaged in therapy is mm-hmm. is really, really refreshing. But I've got a question for you. Okay. You asked me what my life was like before sepsis. Yeah. And it was same stuff, different day. Work, mum, pub, football, mates. Yeah. I would never have had an opportunity to do something like this before sepsis. Yeah, of course. I've been on TV three times. I've been in all the newspapers globally, America, Australia. I know, right? I've been um, in Closer Magazine. I've got half a million followers on TikTok wanting to follow my story. Yeah. Um, I get messages from people on a daily basis telling me that they're struggling with their mental health. And the reason why I don't get back to friends closely, like my close friends and stuff who just want to come around for a coffee, is because I'm sending voice notes to these people who want to talk to me about their traumas. So can I just give you one piece of advice? So, hang on. Do you I think my life is better now or before? <sighs> That's a tough question, man. I think it's better you now. You can't come on my podcast I'm and put me I'm in a corner. No, no. Yeah, I'm getting cool new hands, cool new legs. I'm going to look like a robot. Get Thanos' glove on one. Are you a Marvel fan? Your little I know bro- Marvel. Yeah, yeah so get gone. Thanos. Yeah. Get the Infinity Gauntlet on one. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, Wolverine's claw on the other, and you'll be the sickest person going. No, um, to answer your question. Yeah. All I'll say is God moves in mysterious ways. And things happen for a reason. Everything right? happens for a reason. I so believe that now. I wouldn't had I not attempted suicide in two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. So I've got my own podcast. Yeah. I've got my own YouTube channel. Yeah. I've been on the radio God knows how many times. Yeah. I've been on the T V God knows how many times. Mm-hmm. I now get blessed with the opportunity multiple times a year to go and speak in front of people. And to help people, right? And to help it people. It makes you feel so good, doesn't it? It, it does. And and the, the, the beautiful thing about it is, like, that attitude you've got, it, honestly, it, it, um, it's something I'm so passionate about, is if you can understand that no matter what you go through in life, no matter how hard it gets, like, that could have been the end for you. Yeah. Like, the end of your life. But you've come through it, and now you are helping hundreds of thousands of people. I really am. Potentially yeah. millions. Mm. But what I always say, and tell me if you share this view, is I don't care if I'm talking to 10,000, 40,000, or four. Yeah. I only want the one person that needs to hear what I'm saying to, for me, go away and go, do you know what? I'm not going to put a rope around my neck today. Yeah. 
yeah. because Jamie's been through that. Sadie's been through this, and yeah. this is what this podcast is all about. Yeah. Like, it's not the biggest podcast on Spotify. Yeah. I don't, of course, I want it to be the biggest podcast on Spotify, but it's not. But I don't care. I want pe- people that listen to this mm. are people that need to listen to this. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And your battery's about to die. That's all right. Okay. If it d- no, it's got twenty percent. Oh, all right. It's okay, right. it's an iPhone. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you're good. Um, no, and it, it's just listening to that. So. We've spoke about the dark days. Yeah. Now let's talk about that video, the <laughs> the, the viral video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The shark hand. Yeah. That we got a live performance that I'm, I'm I hope no one else has had. Like Nobody's this had is that. just mine. No, right? that's right. Don't give that out, man. No, that's I won't. mine. I won't. I won't. <laughs> um, so let's talk about that attitude behind that. Like, yeah. where was the where was the light bulb moment? Where was the switch? Where was the right? Okay. This shit's happened to me. Now time to deal with it. Okay, so what it was is that was the first time my bandages had been taken off my hand, okay? And the bowl was to wash my hand in. Yeah. And when I first saw it, I was a bit gutted. And I was like, oh, my God, my hand looks horrendous. And then I just went, dern it, dern it, just to make light of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. My friend was there. And I wanted to make her life laugh anyway. Um, the healthcare assistant who was holding the bowl, who was actually watching, I wanted to make her laugh yeah. as well. But initially, when the bandages got taken off, I was like, oh, my God, look at the state of my hand. I've got to wash it. Oh, my God, it looks like a shark. It's going into a bowl. Oh, no, Jaws theme. You know, like baby shark didn't even enter my head. That's just been requested from... Of like parents and stuff. Can you do Baby Sharp? The first thing that came into my head was was Jaws, but um, that I, I didn't mean for that to go viral. My friend was recording recording me having yeah. it taken off, and it just happened. And she actually posted it on her TikTok and just said, "Sadie, this has gone mad." Did it blow I'm up changed, on hers? So she changed her TikTok to my name because she was like, "It's just gone absolutely mad." I didn't have TikTok. I never had it. Okay. Yeah, so I never was a TikTok user until... Now. Until now. And look at all the amazing things mm. you achieve. Sadie, you are so inspirational. Thank you. Like I genuinely do feel so honoured to be able to have this conversation with Thank you. Thank you. Um, and you inspire me. Thank you. That's really nice. You and another thing I've, I've got coming up is I've actually got a photo shoot... Um, on the 2nd of May, and it's to promote um, diversity. Wow. Because you see, like, on, like, I know for everybody, it's hard sometimes to see all the filters and and stuff like that, but especially for, like, young girls to, like, think I've got to be a perfect Instagram model and things like that. Like, you don't, you don't. And before I got sepsis, I was a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. I need Botox, I need my fillers. Like, I was a little bit like that, but now... I just think that it's not really important what you look like. Is Absolutely it? not. No, it's not. And I've lost so much, like pre sepsis, like so much, like my house. I've lost my job, um, my independence, um, a relationship. I've just lost so much, and I just, I don't really want to care about what I look like anymore. Like when these bandages come off tomorrow. They're going to be off. Is that when they come off? Tomorrow? Yeah. Oh. And obviously, like, okay. on my lives and, and, and things like that, I get a lot of 
horrible comments. A so lot of trolls. Yeah, I want to talk about trolling. Yeah. I really want to talk about trolling. Can you point the camera at me for this bit? Yeah. Only because I think it's important, not just me and you as well. What's up, TikTok? Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining in. So I'm still going to talk to you, but I need these to listen to it. Yeah. And so, firstly, tell me how much trolling you get. Um, on Give me a percentage. So, um, about 20% of the people in my lives so like to say a horrible comment. So, at the minute, it's 655. So, yeah. 20% of that, yeah. quick maths, 130 people. Yeah. I'm impressed with that, quick maths. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, that's 130 people that are fucking miserable. So, let me talk yeah. to you about trolls. Mm -hmm. This is my own version of it. This is, my, this, is, this is what I think. You know trolls? Yeah. People that have to go on the internet to say negative things to make people feel bad. Mm -hmm. They're actually the most unhappiest people out there. Yeah. And the best way to deal with them is kill them with kindness. Oh, yeah, I do. Because they are the mm -hmm. ones that actually do need someone to say, are you okay? Again, yeah. like, so I, I get trolls all the time. Do you? I get trolled so much. I get... This is one of the reasons I came off of TikTok because I used yeah. to get trolled and and... Because of everything I stand for, like the old Jamie tries to creep back in. Yeah. Like, and I want to say mm. stuff that I shouldn't be saying. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, trolls, you want to kill them with kindness because they're the people that need it. Because, you know, one of the hardest things in life is for anyone to look at somebody doing something positive if their life is shit. Do you know mm. what I mean? So if you're that 30-year-old, 40-year-old guy that's still living at home with his parents, stinking a piss... <laughs> Oh like, yeah. haven't got a job, yeah. haven't got friends. Like, yeah. you're going to feel miserable. Now, the best way for you to deal with that is to inflict that misery on someone else. And, and, and the easy targets are the people like yourself who are doing positive things on the internet yeah. who have something in the troll's eyes wrong with them. Because yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to bully them because I'm safe. But like I say, they're the people that, that need that yeah. an arm putting around them. And just kill them with kindness, man, because they're the types of people that need it. So I've wanted to get an influencer on this podcast for a yeah. long time. Okay. Because I think it's important that... Because there'll be trolls in this room right now. Oh, yeah, there and, is. And if you are a troll, mm. stick around because I want you to listen to this. <laughs> be real. Mm -hmm. Like, 100% real. Don't front. You may, be, you may be resilient to it now. So if you, have, if you have built resilience up to trolling, try and take that away. But if not, I want this honesty. How do the negative comments really affect someone? So... Because... Sorry, Sadie. Because there's a real person sat behind... Yeah. So, yeah. like, how does that affect you when you get trolled? So, on my lives, when I get trolled, I have, like, people who are kind say to me, oh, do you need a mod? And a mod means delete the comments before I yeah. see them. And I say no, because I want to see them. Like, I feel like I have to sort of get used to them on a screen in case they get said to me in public, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it does affect you. It does affect you. It does. I'm not going to stand here and lie. Let's, let's, let's get you back on now. Okay, get me on. This is, this is, like, this it, is what it, people need it, to hear. It does affect you. Like, um, what, like, what comment did I have like the other day? It was something like, oh, well, you're never going to get a fella now. And I'm just like, well... That's okay, because I don't want one at the moment anyway. Like, it's like, that's your opinion and stuff like... Can I tell you something about opinions? Yeah. They're like arseholes. Every, yeah, Everyone's got one. Yeah. Um, 
but it it does affect you. Like I, I was recently told yesterday that um, there's been a certain group of of people in in my area down the pub doing impressions of me and like how I walk now and how my hands are and like how my arms move when I walk now. Like these are people who I drank with before I got poorly, and people these are people who also didn't visit me like in hospital. Like, but these group of people uh, have been behind my back trolling and I've, I've been told about it. Like, Sadie, if you're going to go into this pub, please be aware, like, these people are have been doing impressions and stuff. But reading it on a screen, ten, like, nine times out of ten, a kind comment follows it. Yeah. So you can easily brush it off, like, when it's on a screen. You can read it, comment back, and then there's loads of kind messages afterwards um uh, so yeah it's easier to brush off but in public i don't know how i'm going to feel it's never happened to me in public yet right but when i do and i know that i'm going to hear some some things and and stuff and i i'm not prepared for that so i don't know how i'm going to feel like hearing it like myself or seeing it myself but yeah on a screen it does affect me when people are horrible but I've got kind people after, and these people think that I'm inspiring them and and things like exactly. that. But they're helping me as well. Exactly. Like you're do- for every negative comment, mm. you're doing good. Yeah. And yeah, I just I wanted I wanted to talk about it because it doesn't get spoke about enough. Like, and a lot of time I've seen, and I was I was guilty of it when I was on TikTok as well. When I when I had my following. I was like, oh, trolling don't bother me, but it did. It was the yeah. reason I came off of TikTok. Yeah, because the, I, I was in a relationship and my girlfriend at the time, she had quite a big TikTok following. She went live one night and some fucking idiot went in her live and just spouted complete and utter nonsense about me and it led to the breakdown of our relationship. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? If a stranger can have that much impact on my life in a negative way... It's not for me. But I just want to offer you some words of comfort mm-hmm. about the people in the pub. And again, I don't know what your view on faith is. Um, I have my own views and people have their own views and I get that. But do you know, God will hear conversations you didn't hear and yeah. he will see things you didn't see yeah. Yeah. and he will remove those people from your life for yeah. you. So those idiots mm-hmm. that are down the pub... Taking the piss out of your hand. Firstly, they're jealous. Yeah. Secondly, they haven't got a brain cell between them. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, you don't need them in your life, Sadie. No. You are going to go on. I'm under no illusion that in 12 months' time, I'm going to be on my Instagram going, look, remember, I was the first person <laughs> to have Sadie Kemp on oh, really my cool. podcast. You are, Honestly, and I'm I'm so pleased that you do have this really resilient grit about you? Yeah. Um, just another thing that I wanted to mention, somebody who everybody knows as well, um, I've actually, in my dark days, I spoke to my plastic surgeon and said, look, I can tell that you're really down. I'm going to put you in touch with somebody who I've worked on. Mm-hmm. And he put me in touch with Katie Piper, the Burns victim. Yeah. And I actually had a Zoom call with Katie oh, Piper. Oh, nice. And I said to said like how did you deal with it like was you embarrassed to be seen out and things like that was you embarrassed to go out with your she's beautiful by the way stunning absolutely stunning 
beautiful mum of two, married, completely happy now. And the things that she was saying to me, how she felt when she had trauma happen to her, was the exact same feelings that I was having. Yeah. And I look at her now and I'm like, she's on loose women panel and everything. Like, she's absolutely fine. I see her on adverts, like, and she got a lot of trolls and still gets a lot of trolls. Of and course. she said exactly the same thing as what you've said. The exact same thing. Like, I'm very new to to this and having this life and having followers and even getting trolls and, and stuff like that. So I'm still learning on how to deal with, like, horrible yeah. comments. And... That's the best way. Like I say, just kill them with kindness. Yeah. Because they, the reality is, on the other end of that phone, they're gonna be someone who is desperately unhappy in their own life, and things aren't going well in their life, and they are actually someone that does need people to reach out and ask, "Are you okay, mate?" Yeah. Um, which is what we're all about on this podcast. So, Katie. Uh, Katie, that's because you said Katie, but Sadie, same so thing. Remember my name in 12 months, won't you? Yeah, I will do. Huh? Name's not Katie. <laughs> Change it. No, right, <laughs> so Sadie, um, yeah, I can't say it enough how inspiring you are, but I know that there's some stuff you want to clear up. Mm, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to let you do your thing. So even when I was interviewed by Look East News Channel, the other day, they wanted to speak to me about the relationship that I was in um, when I got poorly. So I was actually seeing somebody um, before I got poorly um, for about three months. And I was actually on my way to, to his house when I got sick and fell into a coma. When I woke up from the coma, I still thought it was Christmas Day. I had no idea what had happened to me or anything. People then wanted to write about this love story that he he was stuck by me and, and stuff like that and we we are not together now and right. I'm I'm getting people say to me what's happened what's happened what's happened even on my lives what's happened and if you type my name in Google unrelated searches it says what's happened to Sadie and her boyfriend right okay so I just feel like this would be the final time that I speak about it but. While I was in hospital, I um, he had got close to somebody else and was actually with somebody else and come into the hospital to see me. Whoa. Yeah, so he was actually um, intimate with another girl and I found out about it this Easter weekend and I've spoken to the girl and I've spoken to him and... He said that mentally he was struggling. So this is why I wanted to it to flip it a little bit. Yeah. So I'm not gonna run his name through the dirt and say, um it what he's what he's done to me is just horrendous. Like I was in hospital, was planning a life together. He had convinced me, my friends, my family that he was gonna stick by me, we was gonna move in together, like everything was gonna be fine. Still coming to the hospital, like take taking me out for like a meal like outside the hospital, bring me back and not gonna lie, we was even having sex in the hospital bed. Do you know what I mean? Ugh. Because I know but What hospital? Peterborough. Peterborough. We like we were still like having I sex in the hospital bed. But I hope he they was got, I hope they haven't got CCTV so no, they haven't. That's but I did whole, tell some of the nurses. That's like, a whole oh, different level of fame. I know, but <laughs> I know. Um but the whole like 
the for the past like month or so, he's actually been with somebody else and sleeping with somebody else and using my car to go and see her as well. So I felt like I had to speak I had to speak to him about this because right. I needed closure. Yeah. He told me that he was struggling mentally what happened. He right. felt like he had been robbed because me and him had like the perfect relationship, the yeah. four sepsis hit. He felt in his head that he had been robbed and that he was struggling. He was lonely. He could, was drained from coming up to the hospital to see me all the time. And Couldn't have been that fucking drained. It, but, <laughs> but like it being the same conversation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What have you been up to? Oh, yeah, I've been at work. Oh, yeah, but what have you been up to? Oh, just laying in my hospital that not bed. part of... I'm not just going to shut up. No, but, yeah. like, so that was his justification of cheating on me. Right. And being with this other girl. Right. So uh, I've said to this other girl, well, I've been with him too. Like, here's the messages. Here's some evidence. And I just wanted to flip it, like... If you are struggling with a loved one who's in hospital, who's had life-changing injuries or trauma to their life, don't go behind their back. Just be honest. Like, don't lie to yourself. If you're struggling as well, like, with what's happened to your loved one, go and get help. Like, there was people in the hospital who said to him, like, are you okay? Do you need some help? And he was like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. He wasn't fine. He wasn't fine at all. And and with that, this has happened and I've been left heartbroken. And so is this other girl because she's she's saying that she didn't know anything about me. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I'll take right. her word for it. But I just think like while I was struggling, he was struggling, he was trying to stay strong for me. Yeah. I was trying to stay strong for him. There was absolutely no communication. And it's left me heartbroken. Do you know what I mean? So I just wanted to get that out there that I found out that he's he's been with somebody else while I've been in hospital and still seeing me and, and sleeping with me at the same time. But yeah, if you've got a loved one who's struggling, please just be honest with them because it would just save everyone's mental health in the long run. There's two really upset girls now when it could have just been this is what I'm struggling with, Sadie. I don't think it's going to work out when you get out of hospital. Let's just call it a day. I'm really sorry. Could have just been a conversation. Could have just been a conversation. He had plenty of opportunities. My parents said to him when I was in a coma, if you need to leave, you need to leave now. We'll explain yeah. to her. When I came out of a coma, I said, look, I'm losing my hands. I'm losing my legs. If you need to leave, you need to leave. I said it multiple times and he kept saying, no, 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 no. I'm not leaving. Do you know what I mean? It could yeah. have just been an, a, a conversation. Okay. So I just wanted to clear that up and flip it to like his mental health as well. Do you know what? Like honestly, I'm not. Can't comment on the situation. I'm not gonna comment on the yeah, situation. No, no. Um, what I will tell you from my takeaway from that situation, yeah. and I hope everyone that watches was watching now, and everyone that listens to this takes away from it is again the way you have selflessly said look just get help just goes to show one incredible person you are yeah and can i just tell you something yeah you have got a lifelong friend with me now thank you like i will always have your back like thank you always you can talk to me about everything um and yeah so we'll wrap the podcast up what i want you to do 
is just tell me what does the future look like for Sadie Kemp like? I am looking forward to getting new hands which are functioning. So you like robotic hands. They're called the hero arm. Yeah. Um, I've still got a long recovery um, with my lower limbs, my legs. Um, I'll be getting prosthetics and things. The future for me, I what I want to do is still raise awareness for sepsis yeah. and diversity, um, and that that's all I'm that's all I'm wishing for at the moment. I I can't look any further than my nose at the moment. Like something changes every day. Absolutely, like I've still got thousand miles an hour. Yeah, I've still got a lot of operations to go, but I'm. St- I've been given a second chance at life yeah. and I'm going to absolutely live it. And there you go. Live it the best I can. And that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, thank you. Oh, it's been really nice. Thank actually. you so much. It's been really good talking to you. Good. I've, re- I've thoroughly enjoyed it, Sadie. Best podcast I've done. Really? Best guest. Are you, I've are you just saying that? No, genuinely okay. best guest I've had. And I apologise to all my other guests um, that will listen to this. But yeah, no, I'm sure they'll agree that your story has been so inspirational and, and you if you want to follow up then you can once i've got my legs and my arms yeah like no definitely yeah i'll 100 percent get you yeah. back on there's so much so many other people that i think could benefit from having a conversation with you one of them is in this actual building really yeah okay. so um he's not here he's gone home but okay. i'll hook you up with alex yeah 100 yeah, percent, because your story is so incredible so inspirational um I'm going to steal your followers for a minute. Okay. Because I think yeah, that's fine. That they need to um, they need to hear this. So this podcast will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the other things. Um, it will be available this weekend. So to search it up, you need to be searching the hashtag Are You Okay, Mate podcast. Um, and also give me a follow on Instagram because the link is in the bio. I'm just going to pull up my Instagram page. Um, and yeah, the link for this podcast will be on there. So that's my Instagram, guys. Uh, JME Archer 23. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, biggest audience I've had for a podcast. 831 so far. There you go. So thank you so much um, to everyone. But more importantly, Sadie, thank you so much to oh, you. You're Can really, I have a oh, hug? Of course you welcome it's been so lovely it's so lovely and if you ever ever want to come back on you are more than welcome right i'm gonna end the podcast um yeah so make sure you're hitting the subscribe button on spotify make sure you're hitting the link on the instagram page jme archer 23 i've also got a link to the are you okay mate instagram page on my page um loads more to come guys thank you and i will see you on the other side Let's go.